Commissioners, does your fantasy site make simple league updates harder than they need to be? If so, it's time to try something new. Flea Flicker is a free fantasy sports platform offering easy management, robust customization, lightning fast live scoring, and a handy mobile app. Flea Flicker provides year-round access, and you know it's never too soon for fantasy football. Visit fleaflicker.com slash ringer NFL to try out the site designed with commissioners in mind. That's F-L-E-A Flicker.com slash ringer NFL. On today's Ringer NFL show, we're talking about this week's big rule changes, Odell Beckham trade rumors, and what the trade market even is in the modern NFL. But as always, we're brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can listen to one shining podcast with Mark Titus and Tate Frazier to help you prep for this weekend's Final Four. Also, go to theringer.com to check out some great content. Titus has a mailbag up. We have an entire staff story, basically figuring out where Odell Beckham should go. And Robert Mays has a piece on Josh Rosen. So it's it's a hell of a content week. I'd get there as soon as I can. Now let's go to the show. Welcome to our NFL show. I'm Kevin Clark. Joined today by Danny Kelly. Robert Mays is traveling. As am I, though. I'm in Orlando, Florida for the NFL owners meeting. Danny, you're in Seattle. I am. And it's wonderful. It's all about the owners' meetings here in Orlando, where every team sends their coach, GM, their owner, obviously, maybe team president, and they're all wearing blue, extremely vacation y <laughs> shirts. It's thought- not just everyone talks about Andy Reid wearing vacation gear. I mean, everybody brings it with the Tommy Bahama tops <laughs> and cargo shorts. I mean, you got Ron Rivera. Reggie McKenzie was bringing I saw Matt Patricia in some hardcore vacation gear. Well, I don't think it was photographed because he wasn't wearing it during the meetings. But I saw that, though. He's the uh, he's the new X Factor for Bob- Tommy Bahama shirts. I know I, he was wearing like a white golf polo that looked just unusually vacation. Oh, I saw point. a different one where it was. Oh, like you know, this- he was a man of many outfits. <laughs> it's a giant right. black vacation shirt thing. Yeah. So. Danny, we want to talk about the most important thing that come out of those meetings. Aside from the Odell Beckham rumors, we're going to get to the Odell Beckham stuff in a second. But I want to talk about the rule changes because that has the capability to change football if applied in a certain way, in an even bigger way than Odell Beckham being traded to the Rams, for instance. So (laughs) if you're not familiar with what happened, the owners basically snuck in a rule change on Tuesday. And no one was talking about it beforehand. They didn't announce that they were going to be voting on it, but they did it anyway. And the rules that essentially a player who initiates contact with their helmet will be penalized 15 yards and possibly ejected from the game. Obviously, um, college has similar rules about ejecting players who use uh, their, their helmet as a weapon. Essentially, it's called targeting. The NFL rule, we're not totally sure about. And now the biggest problem here yeah. is that they essentially passed the idea of the rule, but not the rule itself. They don't know, for instance, how replay is going to work. They don't even know how the rule is going to be applied or, or even the verbiage. I mean, it, it is it is very abstract at this point. They will meet in May, the owners, and basically hash it out. But I think that there's probably going to be a lot of talk in the coming weeks about how this is going to change the game and, and how defense will be played if you can't use your helmet as a weapon. And Roger Goodell basically said coaches have to coach this and it's going to at least have some impact in the way teams are run. Danny, when you think about this rule in particular, what do you think the fallout is as far as what we'll be seeing 
this fall and for falls to come because you can't use your helmet anymore? I mean, my first impression is that it's going to be a slow process, probably. I mean, obviously, in the first year, you know, people are going to have to try and figure out kind of what it means and, and like what you can get away with and and what they're really going to be, you know, calling on the field and all that. And I think, you know, we, we went through this and you wrote a great article about it this morning or you wrote it yesterday, I guess, but it published this morning and it was just um, it, it talked about how everyone always gets up in arms about these rule changes. Yep. They always, and, and, you know, it's kind of just a constant thing that, that happens in terms of people are talking about how the sport is changing and, and getting ruined and all that. I think this is probably going to take a few years to kind of really get, you know, worked out and, and, and actually start to make an impact. I think, you know, we saw rules changes where, you know, the, the, the big hits over the middle have been kind of, you know, litigated out of this sport yeah. or, or whatever. And, and, I think, you know, you just don't see as many as of those anymore. And it's kind of a more rare thing. And, and those are almost always automatic penalties now. Um, it, it's just changed the behavior of the players on the field. It's changed, you know, the way that they approach the game. But it takes a long time. It takes like, I, I'm guessing it'll take a couple of years for this to really kind of affect everything. But I, I mean, they, they have to do it at this point. I mean, they have to start taking these helmet to helmet hits out. Um, you know, they have to take just the, the head injury thing seriously, um, you know, from a legal standpoint, from just like the yeah. health of the sport going forward. I think it, I mean, it just, people are going to hate it probably, but it makes a lot of sense. They have to start doing this. I'm going to read you a quote, Danny. Yeah. The quote is this. It's becoming more and more flag football, two-hand touch. We've really lost the essence of what real American football is about. Now, there's a lot of quotes <laughs> this week like that but this particular quote that I just read off from Troy Palomalu in 2008. Yeah. And what he was complaining <laughs> about ago. at that point was basically the policing of helmet to helmet hits and hits on the quarterback. Right. As I wrote this morning, we have a long history of these rules being changed and nothing happening. Truly nothing happening. But, you know, <laughs> right. concussions are, are, are up. They're basically at an all time high. Um, in, in comparison to sort of the modern era of concussion reporting. And I just think that, I think the NFL has made 47 rule changes since 2002 to try to make the game safer. And although some things have worked, helmet to helmet hits are still the cause of, I think, half of all concussions. Mm -hmm. And they still obviously happen all the time. So right. there's two ways this is going to play out. Number one is it plays out the way everything else plays out, which is that it's applied for like two weeks in September. There's one huge, you know, Monday night game where some guy gets some star gets thrown out and we talk about it for a week. And then by October, right. they're just not calling it. And by November and certainly December in the playoffs, nobody cares. Okay. That has happened to a lot of sort of penalties like this, like sort of targeting esque penalties that have been emphasized in the past. Having said that, there's another option which is that this one is completely different, that in May they make the language extremely strict and extremely black and white, and guys are getting thrown out left and right in September, and everyone's you know learning to make different tackles in October. Right. I think that is the far less likely scenario. I think, that, I think that generally, I mean, again, every time this happens, we, 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 we say it's going to be a game changer. I think it is a little overblown. I think Josh Norman's, I don't know how you're going to be able to play the game comment, um, kind of misunderstands the point. Sean Payton basically said, this is a posture thing. 
Right. This is just changing the posture of a tackle. And Roger Goodell wants to be seen as doing something. I think that's part of it. That's such a huge part of the NFL and their rules process. It's like the legal that, implications. Yeah, they just have to be doing something. As I just <laughs> right. said, they changed the rules 47 times. Yeah. And so this idea that defense is going to be neutralized or that, that, that guys you know, aren't going to be able to hit hard or anything. I mean, we've just been over this. There, we've just there, been over this. Yeah, I mean, there, and there's a groundswell kind of of talk about the the quote rugby style tackle which could potentially help mitigate the concussion problem i mean the concussion problem isn't going to go anywhere because i mean there's research into just the you know the sub like the not the big hits necessarily are causing concussions it's like guys just running into each other when they're not even hitting heads or potentially you know the cause of some of these problems and so I mean, it's a physical sport. I don't think the concussion problem is going to go away at, in anytime soon. But I think that the idea, and like you said, is is they have to do something. The idea is to try to help mitigate it, try to make um, you know those big helmet to helmet hits not a part of the game anymore. It's never going to be not a part of the game ever. But they have to try and you know just change the players' behavior, change the way they tackle, and you know the the the, the rugby style tackle where it's all about your shoulder. It's all about you know. Um, keeping your head up or whatever when you're coming in and, and trying to tackle and all that. I think that is something that could be, you know, something that wouldn't, it's not going to like ruin the sport in my mind. I, the, in, in the Troy Paul Malu quote is always kind of interesting because I think this kind of comes down to really what you get out of football. So it, it really does depend on like who, who's, you know, it's the point of view of the person that that's, you know, like whether they think is, is going to ruin the sport for me? I don't watch the sport necessarily to see big hits. And I mean, uh, that's part of it, but like for me, I, I really enjoy the chess match and the schematics and, and the way that, you know, coaches and players kind of try and like outsmart each other and beat each other. And just like the beauty of that type of um, strategy, I think is what I really love about football. So for some people, it's going to be the, you know, the bone crushing hits or whatever. And I guess if, if those people, I could see them probably trying to, you know, kind of tuning out as, as this yeah. thing goes forward. But I mean, again, it, like you said, it is a really long process. I don't think this is going to have a huge impact right away. I think it's going to be something like in, you know, check back in like five or 10 years and see how it's changed the sport. But for now, well, we're not, we're not going to even have any returns until January when we see the concussions numbers for 2018. Right. And as far as how safe everything got, okay. Uh, but I think generally this is going to be a topic of the offseason, maybe the topic of the offseason, save for Beckham if he gets traded. But I think in May you're going to see an uptick in things. I think that in training camp it's going to be a huge story. How are coaches preparing for this? What are they teaching, et cetera, et cetera. But again, we've seen this so many times that I'm just not ready to say anything's going to change. Right. Except maybe one or two big time ejections early in the season. But I, I just, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, do you think that. Over, you know, you said, what was it, 47 rule changes over yep. the last whatever years? And and my question is, do you think the sport has gotten safer? Because obviously the concussion numbers are up, but you have to look at the fact that there's a lot more awareness about concussions and right. a lot more self-reporting. So that skews the numbers. Like, obviously, if people are much more aware that they're getting concussions and um, are much more aware of sort of the fallout behind, you know, concussions and all that. 
it's gonna like the reporting of it is gonna go up. I don't know if necessarily there are actually more concussions happening. You right. know what I'm saying? So, so do you I, so, think it's safer? Okay, do I think the game is safer? Yes, because just there are certain hits, egregious helmet to helmet hits that that basically automatically cause concussions have been essentially leg, legislated out of the game. Right, I mean, right. you, you see one or two of them each year, and every time they happen. It's it's a mini scandal. The totally. guy usually gets suspended. And so the fact that those were somewhat commonplace 15 years ago, yes, means the game is safer. I think it's much safer to be a quarterback. I still think there's real huge problems with the way quarterback hits are officiated from the quarterback standpoint and the pass rusher standpoint. But that's another topic for another time. Have, <laughs> is the game getting safer? Generally, yes. Slowly but, but surely, I guess. Slowly but surely. I mean, the reporting issue to me which you bring up. And, and I, I talk to people a lot about that. And I think that when you look at the fact that concussions were up 13% year over year, is that reporting? No, because it's not like there were people in 2016 who didn't know what a concussion was and did in 2017. I think the concussion numbers are way up from or concussion reporting is way up from 20, 25 years ago because we just didn't know the risks back then. And guys are self-reporting because they want a longer career or something like that. But I don't think in the modern era, the last five years, I don't think there's been a massive uptick in reporting numbers. I really do think that the concussions were just up. And listen, when they had that, that release... In January, the NFL was pretty upset. The doctor, Dr. Alan Zills, he was upset. This was not them chalking up to, I mean, even though they made the point, yes, there is more reporting, they were upset because this is, concussions going up at this point is is a fairly bad thing for the league. Yeah, that's After interesting. 47 rule changes and now 48. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. That's definitely really interesting. I kind of always, I, I guess that, that changes my thinking a little bit about it, honestly, because... I did kind of just look at it like, oh, well, they're just reporting it more. It's more awareness and everything. But that that's that's certainly concerning. And, and the other thing that kind of goes into this, and, and you wrote about this too, is the kickoffs thing. Are, are they going right. to just completely eliminate kickoffs from the game? I think that's another kind of, you know, layer to this that could be interesting going forward. Without a doubt. And, and that's, you know, kickoffs, I think, cause five times more concussions than a normal play, a normal play from mm-hmm. scrimmage. So... I think if the concussion, and we'll call it a crisis because it's been a crisis for for three decades. It is, yeah. If, if, If that continues and they can get rid of a huge chunk of concussions just by getting rid of the of the kickoff they're going to do it that that's that could happen next year it's not, right. not going to impact 2018 um maybe they do it maybe they announce it this season so that special teams coaches can get ready i think it'd be really unfair to teams if they did it next spring at the owners meetings because you've already signed a kicker right, or right. you're already doing draft prep. I mean, I think if they're going to get rid of kickoffs, they have to give a huge, huge runway because it really does change the game. Yeah. I mean, they're already ramping it up. I mean, they it, kickoffs are way, you know, way less impactful than they used to be. I feel like, um, you know, just with the way that they move the now, kickoff didn't line. Teams have, didn't teams used to have, like, remember, like the Colts had a kickoff specialist? Oh, yeah. I like mean, 15 years ago. And that's the that's the thing that kind of sucks about this is some players who do bring value as like a kick returner um, are gonna either not have jobs or it's just gonna make them less valuable to teams. Obviously, if that if you don't have that sort of versatility or whatever, and, and but, the specialists are probably gonna slowly kind of like yeah go away. So I understand that argument, but then on the flip side, I mean, if 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 a couple of guys have their salaries lessened or some guys work their way out of the league because they were only returners. You know, is that a trade-off for the concussion rate dropping 
severely. I I would say so, yeah. I mean, if I'm the union, obviously you want to protect jobs, but you also need to protect the health and safety of your players. So do I, I I think at some point they'll get rid of the kickoff and I think it'll be in the next five years. Yeah, it could be sooner than we maybe think it is. But again, I just think the runway is such that they're going to give them a little bit more time, but whatever. Okay, Danny. Yo. Let's get to let's get to the more fun part. The owners' meetings were dominated on the field by trade rumors, trade wins <laughs> that Odell Beckham might be on the move. Now, the interesting thing about the 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 owners' meeting is, and, and this happened a lot. You know, like NFL executives, coaches, GMs, whatever, and owners are a lot less busy than you think because you'd see like. <laughs> You'd be see like Les Sneed or Sean McVay, and they're just in the lobby of the hotel, like ready to go to the pool or something. This is idle hands, and then huh? and then you'll read on the phone that like they signed Sue, and you oh you almost think you you think it's always like draft day or something where they're always right. huddled in a room, and it's like no, they're just in a lobby, they're just hanging out, and so it was it was pretty fun, and so and so you get that a lot with Beckham, where it's like. To the outside world, you read these breathless reports. Oh, he might be on the, 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 you know, might be on the market for two firsts, whatever. And then you'll just see like Dave Gettleman just strolling through the lobby, just sort of <laughs> hanging out. And you expect him to be hunkered down in some bunker, you Got know, the red figure, phone well, next yeah, to him, yeah. with a bunch of maps, and you know, <laughs> you know, he's like Churchill in Darkest Hour, right? It, it's right. just like that's what you imagine him doing, and. He's just there. So, Pouring over scouting reports. Anyway, <laughs> the buzz about the trades were kind of less than you'd imagine there. Um, I talked to a couple of guys, see if they wanted to trade for Beckham. Most of them decided that two firsts was was too rich for their blood unless you're actively trying to win the Super Bowl or something. So, right. so Danny Kelly, you wrote about this for the ringer.com. But let's hear it. <laughs> Where do you want Odell Beckham Jr. to go? Well, there's a there's a number of places I think it would be really fun to see him go. I I chose the Chargers because number one, I don't want him to go to the Rams because I'm sick of the Rams bullshit right now. Um, as a CX fan, the Rams but, the Rams are back on their bullshit. <laughs> they are, man. Uh, no, I, I I actually really like what the Rams are doing this offseason. I think it could be it's one of those boomer bust type of things where it could just go horribly wrong, but it also could be awesome to watch. Um, sure. But yeah, so I, I chose. I chose the Chargers. Number one, it's in L.A. I think Beckham would be fun in L.A. Um, you know, he's kind of got that star power. But I also think, you know, if if the Chargers want to go for a Super Bowl, you know, while they still got Phillip Rivers, they I think they do need to kind of make some sort of, you know, big, big move like like what we've seen the Rams do and all these other teams do to win Super Bowls recently. Um, getting Beckham opposite Keenan Allen would be a lot of fun. I think that. He and I think that um, just the style of passer that Philip Rivers is would mesh well with Beckham in terms of just get him the ball and let him do his thing. And then they've already got kind of like a solid defense. They have like what looks like a championship kind of core on defense. And so to me, that looks like a nice landing spot. Obviously, they'd have to do some stuff with their salary cap to kind of fit him in and get him a, a big, you know, contract extension and all that. But, um, you know, if you give up a first and a third for him, I think. I don't know if, you know, obviously the Giants are going to take that, but to me, that's kind of worthwhile. You're getting a, a premium talent and maybe you don't have to, that way you don't have to wait around for Mike Williams to kind of emerge. It could be a couple of years, who knows? And that gives them a chance to be, you know, really, really dangerous offense. I mean, we've seen what Beckham can do to a mediocre offense. He can turn it into a good offense. So I don't know. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think, you know, just 
give give the Chargers a chance to kind of go out and win a Super Bowl before Phil Rivers retires, essentially. So I went to a Chargers game last year. <laughs> it could help. Yeah, it could help with the whole, the I, whole I, home this game is, uh, Before too. we get to the football thing, <laughs> I just want to talk from a marketing perspective. Right. Not even a marketing, just from a relevant standpoint. The Chargers have to do something. Right. They have to do something. They have, I mean, they are so behind the Rams in the LA market. It's not even totally. Funny. Yeah. They have a niche, you know, maybe Southern, the Southern part of, of LA, as far as the South Bay, as far as Orange County, like maybe they, they have a foothold there, but they need something because the Rams are stockpiling interesting characters, mm-hmm. an interesting coach, an interesting stadium development. I know the Chargers will be part of that, but they're not driving the bus. And so the Chargers need to do something and quick. And Odo Beckham would be that. Now, everything you said is exactly right. Give Phillip Rivers a, a, a chance to win a Super Bowl. That offense is really interesting to me. That defense is fun as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there are very few defenses. In fact, maybe you can probably count on one hand the amount of defenses that I enjoy watching more than the San Diego Chargers. And one of them, oddly enough, is the Rams, who, who play a little bit north of them. And so if you give up pick 17 and pick up pick 84, I think if I'm the Chargers, I absolutely do that. I mean, with the way, and and this is kind of another big philosophy kind of question, but like teams are slightly less, um, they're they're slightly devaluing. I think draft picks these days. I mean, if it, the volatility of a first round draft pick. I mean, we saw what happened with the with the Chargers last year. Uh, Mike Williams, you know, we don't really know yet what his kind of like upside is. And so when you get a proven playmaker like Beckham, a guy that is an all-pro talent, one of the best receivers in the game, um, I think, I mean, a first-round picket, that's worth it to me. I, I don't you know, know I, I don't know how teams are approaching this, but for me, that that's a that's a good trade. Obviously, there's there's risk involved, but there's risk with every draft pick, too. You know, it's interesting to me, just just before we get more into which team should trade for him, let me ask you this. If you're the Giants, do you trade him? No. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> not at all. No, you know it was interesting to me. Uh, Zach Moore, who who writes for Over the Cap and does a nice job writing about how teams spend their money and and basically mm-hmm. the strategies around it. One of the things he he was on Twitter this morning. We were tweeting back and forth a little bit, and and he was talking about why the Odell trade would be such a head scratcher. And one of the big reasons is that soon you're going to go cheap at quarterback. Because oh, yeah. Eli yeah. is going to be on his way out. You're going to have a first-round quarterback or you're going to have some other young guy and you're not going to be paying 25% of your salary cap, whatever it is, great to, point. to a quarterback like a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. You're going to be paying, what, $6, 7000000 million to a guy? You can afford Odell Beckham. You're and not going to exactly be, be capped out. He's exactly the type of quarterback's best friend that you want, too. He's the kind of guy who can make... Yes! You give him the ball, he made Eli Manning! (laughs) Danny! Danny, have you watched Giants football in the last three years? (laughs) I mean, I try not to, but yes, I I have. To be clear, I'm not saying he's made Eli's entire career. That's obviously, you know, not true. The timeline doesn't match up. He won two Super Bowls without Odell Beckham. But if there's no Odell Beckham, Eli Manning is probably done in New York already. Yeah. If he had some uh, yeah. crappy receivers, if he had a crappy core of receivers, Eli would have been running out of town maybe two years ago. I think there's there's an argument made about that. I mean, um, 
I mean, the, what, he had Odell Barnwell, Beckham. Barnwell posted the stats where it was like with Beckham and without Beckham. Yeah. And they were stark, like insanely I mean, even, stark. Even if, even if Beckham comes back in full health and plays 16 games, there's an argument that they should just draft Rosen at two or somebody like that. And I think they might. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they might. I mean, this idea they should just build around Eli is, is a little ridiculous. I, I, yeah. No, I don't think they should trade him. I mean, I've been... Yeah, I'm I'm clear in my mind about that. I, I you don't trade a, a talent like that. I mean, obviously, you know we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but to me, it's just ridiculous. Okay, Megan Schuster, the great Megan Schuster, in this Ringer piece, where should Odell Beckham go? Floated the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, they have the ninth pick and the seventy fourth pick in this draft. They still have a ton of cap space, even though they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he counting thirty-seven million dollars against cap this year? I think yeah, real? they're trying to get him out. I think they're trying to get like get out in front of it. Or yeah, whatever. no, I know because they had a hundred million dollars in cap space. <laughs> right, right. I wish I counted thirty-seven million dollars against cap. <laughs> so they they're gonna have the cap space, both because of the way Garoppolo's contract is structured and the fact they just have endless amounts of cap space. And and you know they got a lot of rookies on the team too, or, or guys on the rookie contract. From a football perspective, Garoppolo and Beckham, yo, that would be fun. And it's a big market, right? Odell would like that. Well, there's a, there's a lot of excitement around the 49ers again right now, so it seems yeah. like it's kind of like the Rams deal. I mean, you know, strike while the iron's hot, and uh, this team, I think the 49ers in general, have had to work pretty hard over the last few years to kind of win back their fans because there was just this like three or four year. <laughs> you know, stretch where they were firing their coach every year and it was just terrible and everyone hated Jed York and all this stuff. But like, he's back, kind of, you know what I mean? And, and so... Jed, Jed York is back? Well, yeah, and the whole... Yeah. Just the whole franchise. I mean, really. And and so... I know, just, Danny, I just love that your takeaway from the resurrection in, in San Francisco is that Jed York is back. I think he's... Okay, well, I don't know, but that's not my first takeaway. No, I know. <laughs> Did you see that he and Richard Sherman had to unblock each other on that's Twitter? just awesome. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Why? I, I just... I missed Richard Sherman blocking Jed York the first time. <laughs> I think, well, didn't York block him, too? <laughs> I, yes. But oh, how do you... Man. Wait, but how do you... Can you, if, can you block someone... If they've already blocked you, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't block. I mute. I'm I've never blocked. Mute. I've never blocked anyone in my life. Yeah, me neither. Well, What's I might have like one or two, but yeah. What's I? There's no point to it. You're just you're just giving someone the satisfaction you're, of being you're blocked. Feeding, yeah, you're feeding their hate. I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. But um, Danny, no one hates you. Oh, there's people that hate me. Speaking of 49ers fans, I, hey! I, don't know if they hate, I, don't, I don't know if they hate me anymore. When is Richard Sherman going to block you, Danny? <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, because I've always wondered. Uh, I think I did have, I Justin Britt blocked me back in the day at Seahawks Center. Um, <laughs> I think he, he blocked the, he blocked my old Twitter account. He doesn't block me anymore. But, um, you know, there was the, he, he went around and blocked a whole bunch of Seahawks fans that were talking trash, I guess. And I got, I got blocked. If we did a power rankings on, in terms of the dramatics on on social media, I think the Seahawks would be up there. I mean, obviously the uh, the Richard Sherman trade, <clears throat> you know, got or really sorry, not trade, uh, got re- like reported or or started by Jeremy Lane on on Twitter or whatever, doing yeah. some vague thing. And it's like my first reaction was like, this is going to end up nothing because it's always some random like subtweet from Seahawks players to each other or to to fans or to whoever. Uh, to Russell Wilson, <laughs> you know, it's like there's always this like 
subtweeting happening on, like on social media. I feel like the Redskins, the Redskins are also extremely online. <laughs> you should do an online rankings. Like, who's the most online team? Who's the most online team? <laughs> it definitely was the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I think it might be the Redskins now. I'm Man, trying I'd to. Think. I would read that. I would definitely read that. All right, coming up, we're going to have a breakdown. Jumping off the Odell thing a little bit, a breakdown of who's even worth two first round picks in the NFL in 2018. But first, a quick break. If you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and personal lives separate. Choose from their huge inventory of local toll-free or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. Whether you are in an office, in your car, or out running errands, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. Not to mention, you can send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number, set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team, get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you, work from anywhere with call forwarding, and make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app or even utilize Wi-Fi calling. Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without long-term contracts. Grasshopper, sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash NFL to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash NFL. Okay, we have exciting news for all you ringer heads out there. The ring, like the Seahawks, the <laughs> ringer has new merchandise with a shiny new storefront that you can check out right now. We've got hats, hoodies, and even an exclusive Shea Serrano Disrespectful Dunk t-shirt. Your that. friends are going to be low-key jealous when they see you strutting down the street with an official Ringer zip-up hoodie. Which Low-key jealous? High-key high jealous? Yeah, they're going to be extremely jealous. <laughs> Previously available only to Ringer staffers, we're letting you, our loyal listeners, get first dibs on the goods. Go to ringer.com slash shop to pre-order your merch now. These are limited run items and will not last long. Once they are gone, they are gone. Again, check out the ringer.com slash shop to pre-order your official Ringer merchandise today. You can also find the link to the Ringer web store in the podcast description. Okay, Danny. Yo. So I tweeted something yesterday and it was based on informed speculation, right? So I was talking to someone in the league and they were saying, you know, this Odell thing could be a little overblown, especially the, the report that they're, the, the, the price is two first round picks. Mm-hmm. And the point this person was making, which is a valid one, is that almost, almost anyone in the NFL is available for two first round picks. <laughs> right. And so that got me thinking, put it out on Twitter, got some, got some interesting responses, but I wanted to talk to you, my, my smartest football fan friend, <laughs> you and May is tied. Number one, <laughs> number one, number one, A, number one, B. Fair enough. Good, good. If you were the Cleveland Browns, we're going to, we're just going to start with the Browns here. Mm-hmm. If you're the Cleveland Browns and you package one and four, you call all 32 teams, 31 teams. You can't call yourself 31 <laughs> teams. Right. And say, here's one and four. What's your best offer? Who are you not getting? Who is off the table? Oh man. One and four, two is like super high. Because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. If you're trading two first round picks, but they're going to be, it's like the Chargers, right? It's going to be like 17. Lower. It's going to be 17. And next year, it's going to be 15, right? Well, the Bills, just take the Bills this year. They've got what, 12 and 22? 12 and 22. Exactly right. 
But let's focus on the Browns here because I yeah. think that you okay. get too into the nuances of it if you're doing 12 and 22. Okay. So here's, I'll give you an example. If you called the Raiders about Derek Carr, and, and this is a 12 and 22 question. If you called the Raiders about Derek Carr, you call John Gruden and say, we'll give you 12 and 22 for Derek Carr. Mm. What happens? I think he would probably be on the table for that. Maybe. I bet he would. I bet yeah. he would. I bet they, I, they at least have a meeting about it. Totally. They would, they would consider talking about it. They, no, they would talk about it. Yeah. They would move beyond considering talking about it and talk about it. And my guess is <laughs> they that would Gruden, actually talk about Gruden, it. I bet Gruden would probably do it based on the circumstances. Yeah. Based on the circumstances. I think I agree with that. Okay. So give me, this is not going to be a complete list. We didn't do the entire league, but off the bat, if you're packaging one and four, you're the Browns calling all 32 teams, 31 teams. Who's off the table in your opinion? Who called, who, who, they, yeah. who do teams call back on and say you can have anybody but blank? Well, I mean, the bidding starts at Aaron Rodgers. You're yeah, not going to get Aaron Rodgers. That's what, that was my first thought is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's, he's, he's the only one I actually feel, I, well, he might be the only one I actually feel pretty confident about. Cause then I think the next, I person, think Rodgers is the only person in the NFL you do, they don't have a meeting about. Right. Do you know, get what I'm saying? Like if you call Brian Gutenkurst and said, Aaron Rodgers for one and four. I think maybe Brian doesn't even tell anybody. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah, doesn't even yeah. run it up the flagpole. <laughs> right. The the second person I thought of, and and I am not super confident about this, but I, I thought of Carson Wentz just based on his, I thought, yeah, I his agree. age and 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 you know potential the there. Right. Exactly. Because uh, the Eagles would be trading also his contract, which is very valuable to them. Right. Right. Uh, and then from there, I mean, it's kind of there's a whole bunch of guys that are kind of in that second tier that I I think that people probably listen to the to the offers and, and talk about it, like you said, but probably wouldn't pull the trigger on it. I mean, a couple guys like you know Russell Wilson, Russell Deshaun Wilson. Watson, Dak Prescott came to mind, though I, I'm not as confident about that. I Cam bet Newton. I bet Dak. I bet there's I bet there's a scenario, even though Dak is insanely cheap. I mean, one in four. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's a team building. That's a team building gift. Right. You would get someone like Darnold. You have someone like Darnold and then you get maybe Chubb, somebody like that. I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I agree with you. I don't I don't think do the C. I don't think the Seahawks do it. Probably not, I would say. It seems like, especially after kind of all the moves that have happened over the last like month and t- or month or two, it seems as though they're basically building around him. So yeah, yeah, he's also really freaking good. Even I, I think Dak is, I think Dak is really good. I don't want Cowboy fans, even though there's a lot of Cowboy fans who oddly hate Dak. <laughs> right. I, I can't get. They, are those the Romo? The, are those the Romo? I, I don't know. Loyalists? We've talked. We've talked about this on the pod before. Maze and I. Cowboys Twitter is just too large and unwieldy, so I never know how they feel about something. Like Seahawks Twitter, I know exactly how they feel about everything. <laughs> right. They hate Derek Carr and Andrew Luck for some reason. <laughs> they love Russell Wilson, and they're just insanely mad about the offensive line all the time. Like yeah. I got it. I got Seahawks Twitter. That, Cowboys that's Twitter. Yeah. Cowboys Twitter a little too large to have any read on them. There's yeah, there's there's too many not, factions. I don't think they're organized. There's too in, many factions. In that way. Yeah. Too, there's too big a fan base. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, any non-quarterbacks? So the the first non-quarterback that came to mind is Aaron Donald. Right. Is there another one? I mean, Von Miller. Okay, maybe? but wait. But let's talk. No, I I think I think one and four gets you Von Miller. 
Yeah, and especially Aaron on that contract. Too. And who? I think Aaron Donald probably if, if yes. you can get one and four. Yeah, I, they're, they're, they had a very drawn out and public negotiation with Aaron Donald. Didn't show up the training camp last year. They're right. gonna have to pay him a lot of money if you get Chubb and and by the way, by the and way, you now. could trade out of one. <laughs> If you're the Rams and you yeah. want to stick with Goff, you could trade out of one. Uh, this is just an interesting thought experiment to me. Totally. I kind of love this idea. So, we, Matt Ryan, yes? I think he would be on the table. I think he goes. Man. <laughs> that would be crazy. I, but I yeah, think he I mean, goes. For one in four, too, like, that is, that's a huge haul. So, with a lot, so here's the deal. The last quarterback to be traded for two first-round picks in, in a non-draft day trade was Jake Cutler. And there's a couple of things you have to remember. Number one, that was a much different era. Right. GMs were much different. They were a lot less smart. Um, <laughs> we didn't really... It was in the old CBA, so picks oh, were yeah. picks were a lot more expensive. I mean, if you ended up with the first pick, it was almost a almost a problem because you just sometimes have to pay those guys $70 right, The roster-building dynamic back then was totally different. Right. And then beyond that, we don't remember how good and how well thought of Jay Cutler was. I mean, he was a young quarterback with a rocket arm, ton of promise. He was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. What just happened? (laughs) He was not Josh Allen before Josh Allen. (laughs) The 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 idea of Jay Cutler. No, he was much. He was he was well thought of. He He had he had success in the NFL. Yes. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I think I think Donald is the only non-quarterback where it would they would maybe say no. Right. Maybe say no. The Rams might say no. I would put it at 50-50. I don't I don't know enough. Cam Newton. Because there's yeah, there's no other is there another more dominant defender than him that doesn't have some sort of concern, you know? Like JJ Watt was dominant, but here's one that popped up. Here's one that popped up a lot. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, that's tough because this kind of goes to the philosophical question of how how important an outside corner is in terms of just how dominant can you be from an outside cornerback position. Obviously, he's a really good player, but I don't know. It, it's it's tough because there's a lot of good right. corners out there, but it, it is is the you know, distance above all those other good corners in terms of his elite status worth two two first round picks. It could be. I don't know. I think they'd right, probably so trade him. I I think so too. Now a couple times guys like Alvin Kamara came up. That's running backs No. And, and even though Alvin Kamara is one of my favorite players in the league, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton would help Kamara pack if they were offered one and four for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Say, yeah. I would say even though a lot of people said Antonio Brown oddly, which I also don't believe. I no. believe the Steelers would trade Antonio Brown for one and four. Yes. Agreed. And a couple times Breeze and Big Ben came up. They're so old though. I understand that. I mean, I think, <laughs> I don't think people p- took in contract stuff and all that. Right. I think they were just saying oh, these guys Value. are so valuable. Yeah. I just think. I just think, and this is the point I wanted to make with this segment, is when we're talking about Odell Beckham being available for two first-round picks, even though I believe there's 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 a pretty good chance he's been tra- he's going to be traded, and Adam Schefter has reported and predicted he will be traded for, by the way, a first and a third was Adam Schefter's prediction, mm-hmm. and Adam Schefter is one of the best in the game, so I you, you can pretty much take that to the bank. Yeah, he doesn't make these things willy-nilly. No, 
And so <laughs> I think the idea is that even Odell Beckham might not command two firsts. Exactly. Because it's no. that's a that's a huge huge cost. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they've spent a lot. They the Browns passed on Deshaun Watson. That's why they have two fifth round top five picks. Yep. Danny. Yo. That's all we have today. All right. As always, thanks for listening to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Commissioners, does your fantasy site make simple league updates harder than they need to be? If so, it's time to try something new. Fleet Flicker is a free fantasy sports platform offering easy management, robust customization, lightning fast live scoring, and a handy mobile app. Fleet Flicker provides year-round access, and you know it's never too soon for fantasy football. Visit fleetflicker.com slash ringer NFL to try out the site designed with commissioners in mind. That's F-L-E-A Flickr.com slash ringer NFL.